Hello. Hi there. I'm gonna keep eating peanuts for a little bit. You keep. I've finished my doll. My mouth is tingling with ginger. You're so not supposed to eat chocolate before you go on radio. Have you heard that? No. Your... Make... Yeah, for yeah. people listening that are enjoying that, something mucus, very mucusy. Mmm, lovely. Um, my feet are still tingling, are yours? No. No. It's been a bit been, of a barefoot week. We've been barefooting a lot this week. And, um... <laughs> what better? Who's a barefoot? Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a dad joke. Uh, um, yeah. yes. And, uh, you know, we often talk about um, practitioner burnout and what to do to look after yourself and all that mm-hmm. kind of shemizzle. I'm adding to my list of things to look after yourself, barefooting in the woods, in your place of work, wherever you are. Take your shoes off, if you can, and um, walk around in the mud. Mm-hmm. Because, honestly, like, today, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do it today. I'm not quite in the mood. It's just a bit, like, meh. Everything's just a bit meh. I might not do it. And then you do it. And then you're like, ah, la, la. Everything yeah, is, is amazing. amazing. It's so great. And then you're like, oh, yeah, all those good bacteria are going into my body. And I'm not going to get depressed. And so as well as the um, feeling of elation of having done it and it getting all cold. So we've been having buckets of warm water and then a bit of conker soap just very diluted in the water with all the bubbles. It's very nice. And, um, yeah, it's a nice experience. It it's makes unusual. me as well. Um, feel very self-assured about who I am and like the the forest schooliness about me. Right. In that, just like being barefoot. Yeah. And maybe there's a bit of like not performance to it, but that like, you know, you we are as we know, quite far along that spectrum, and you you know you're working with parents and yeah. or children or whatever that are, you know to them to see someone barefoot that's not on the, the beaches is, is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it makes a grown me, up anyway. Yeah, and it makes yeah. me sort of. It's a bit like putting on war paint. Yeah. You know, but yeah. you're just going like, no, I'm not going to wear yeah. shoes. And today, cool. lots of parents did it. And yeah. it was so joyful. It was a really lovely collective mm. experience, wasn't it? That um, there was a tiny baby in the mud <laughs> with her little toes out, and lots of parents and us. And it was um, really, really nice. And it sort of shakes you out of every of your normal way of thinking and being. Yeah. It slows you down. We both mm. said so. We've been barefooting, and we did it in the kindergarten. And because our site is. There's a couple of chestnut trees around, and mm. right now, I mean, we've picked the worst time of year to do it. I don't think it, so. I think it's a good time of year because it's still not too cold, but there's lots of mud. But there's chestnuts around on yeah, the floor. But anyway, you can um, see them. They're bright green right now. Well, we said it made us very intentional about where we were walking, <laughs> you know, because it's a bit more effort to place your feet and to go, right, I'm going <laughs> to go over to that area now. Plump, yep. plump, plump, plump. Yep. You know, you're not just sort of dipping in and out. You're sort of intentionally... Yeah, you're not shambling along in your big wellies or big yeah. boots. You're... Um, and you notice how your muscles work completely differently and oh, you yeah. are walking much more like a kind of animal, I guess, more like a fox, you know, a fox walking of putting, your, <laughs> putting your, the ball of your foot first, which yep. is supposed to be a much healthier way of walking and running anyway, isn't it? But you find yourself naturally doing that, um, mm. barefooting on a rough, weird terrain. Enough niceties. Enough niceties. Rebellion. We, mu- we must fight. You and I activism. must fight. We decided to do a podcast on activism. Um, because it is in the news and it is happening now. And, and I we, ha- no, I uh, don't we were it. thinking about just our role as forest school leaders or those that work in the outdoors with nature, with children. Where is our role within this zeitgeist of activism that is happening? Um, is it something that we should take part in? Is it something that, I mean, many of us do? Um, and why and, and what it all means? So I think partly, uh, and, and it's worth noting that when we're talking about activism now, mm. we're talking about a specific 
topic in that we're talking about this climate change. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking Movement. about. Well, I don't well, know. I mean, Could I mean, we, we extend we might it? Be what, but that's the relevant one to yeah. now, and there's lots of protests now. Whether we do, because climate change is so linked to forest yeah. school, yeah. it would be a different, a different discussion if it was like, should we be marching on uh, voting rights of yeah. another country? Yeah, yeah. That's a different question to like, yeah. forest school is linked very closely yes. to climate change and the environment, and we all feel like we've got this thing in it. So, um, <clears> but we... We sit on different on different parts of this yep. spectrum, don't we? So I, I am uh, not anti-protesting. I just, I do, well, I don't protest. That's that's mm-hmm. that's the simplest way to say it is. I have not yet been motivated mm-hmm. sufficiently to feel like it's the thing that I need to go and do. And you think that is the key to it is that you haven't been motivated enough. It's not that you think that it's pointless. It's just that you haven't felt that kind of fire in your belly to go out and do it i guess i guess so and i think it's it's i mean we're talking in different things aren't we because you can talk about it professionally mm-hmm. should should your forest school company mm-hmm. be um standing up for this and then and then you talk, you've got the other side of it's personally should mm-hmm. you Mm. should you do this thing but I guess if you do run your own business and your own forest school which we are lucky enough to do then those things are much closer together you know if you were working in a school and you're employed by a school then um, the decision to go and protest is more personal whereas if you run your own company therefore you've got the freedom to go we're closing today because we're going on this march Mm. or do you know what I mean Um, I'm going to make I do and I don't because I think that I do think one of the pieces of advice that I would give to people who are starting their forest school business and, and lots of them do independently you know it's just one person going mm. around doing this stuff and I would always say it's worth having a bit of professional distance between what your company does and what you do and 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 being able to pivot on that to make compromises that you know a company can make compromises or has a reputation to uphold that you personally do or don't. But I feel that is just so linked with our job. A bit in, like any, I mean, in some ways, like anything working with children, you know, there's so many kind of things that you can't really either do or share about your personal private life if you are, mm-hmm. do, you know, you're so aligned. I was reading a chapter in that Critical Issues of Forest Schools book about yep. gender and identity and the... Um, uh, the kind of profound difference that you feel in your identity in forest school when you stop using your teacher name, you know, you're like sir or miss. So if you are not, if you're at school, if you're a class mm-hmm, teacher mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. then also does forest school and you leave your professional classroom name behind and you are known as Lewis or Raven Feather, that is Windstorm or whatever you, you choose your name to be. Um, and where was my point with this? I can't remember. Stepping away. Different personal, um, sharing your personal life as a teacher. Yeah, and it's um, and yeah. So when you're a forest school leader, you are just Gemma or Lewis. Which obviously there is still an element of like I am stepping into my role as leader, but it's but that I feel personally anyway that that role is more it's just how I it's naturally closer. am. And and the longer I do it, the more I feel probably because my self has changed mm-hmm. um, a bit to be more aligned with my forest self. Mm-hmm. But also, the more I do my forest self, the more relaxed I become and it becomes closer to me um, and you're, it's more honest. And so, therefore, I don't really feel like there is that much difference between my personal life and my forest life. Do you know what I mean? And I think I could say that from an outside point of view for you as well in terms of 
I don't know. I can't quite describe it. I think um, I try to as much. I mean, we'll, I think we'll get to the activism, but my, I try to as much as possible personally to have as basically as little ego as I can mm. in terms of, and I don't mean that in terms of like ego, like big headedness, ego mm. in terms of like defining myself and going, oh, I am this and I am that or I'm not that. And I just kind of, I've moved into a place where I sort of, I try to refer to things more as like, well, at the moment mm. I'm doing that or right mm. now I'm doing that. And, and, and lots, you know, it's almost that uh, the opposite of like tribalism mm -hmm. of that, you know, we are this and we're against that and we're doing this. Mm. But as a company, you do have to have hard mm. standpoints mm -hmm. that, and that's separate to me. I, I would kind of go, oh, okay, you know, yeah. that's, yeah. that's a way of doing it. But mm. as a company, you, you present a face and, and the choices that you make are, you know, a company is is ego a company needs mm. a reputation and things that it stands for mm. and to shout it from the rooftops and you know do that facebook thing where you don't write like here's some pictures of what we did today you mm. write like we were jumping in the mud and it was glorious and mm. look at us and we're lovely and mm. you know that stuff um and yeah i mean it's that's kind of where i yeah sit with it being slightly other than <laughs> me which is where i think uh does the company do stuff that's activism? Mm. Um, I yeah, think I think I think the company does. So we, mm -hmm. you know, we promoted that you were going to the mm -hmm. climate march in. Where did you go, Tivi? Uh, Exeter. Exeter. <clears throat> and um, you know, and we talk about it, and we sometimes it comes up in discussions here. Mm -hmm. But it, me personally, I haven't mm. gone to any of those things, and mm. I think it comes down to from where I am right now and the things that I've read at the moment I think I think that lobbying for like systematic change mm -hmm. and, and, and legislative change this is getting real heavy mm -hmm. um, is is the resort that you need for a broken system mm -hmm. you know a system where you're going we don't have an option but to buy plastic bottles so yep. you yep. We, what we need is legislation that yep. says blah, blah blah and and i think i sit a bit more on this idea that capitalism works because we vote every time we buy something mm. or every time we we go with a company that 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 is a vote that is a a standing up and saying i will financially support this or i yep. will not financially support yep. this and i feel a little bit that asking for legislative change if you're not already doing the other things mm. that you could personally if you're not already mm. manipulating capitalism to your advantage mm -hmm. to your your ethical advantage mm -hmm. i say um then asking for legislative change without doing those other things is a bit nanny state is the wrong term but it's a bit like like going to a personal trainer and asking them to run on the treadmill for you because you can't do it i know what you mean but i think that there's definitely so extinction rebellion will say it's all very well stopping each of us stopping using single plastic and it's mm -hmm. all very well using like a reusable water bottle or cycling to work and that's great and like keep on doing that 
but we have been made to feel by our current system personal guilt that it's all mm-hmm. our fault yeah, yeah, it's the and end, if you end don't of the do funnel. that and like the way you're going to save the world is to do that and you bought another piece of plastic the other day so you need to like go and wear your horsehair shirt and whip yourself because you're evil when actually those things are like a drop in the ocean and what you what you're looking at is the things that actually aren't the things that you can vote on with your money they are the massive corporations that are burning fossil fuels and aren't using a green alternative they're not to do you know what i mean they're a thing where we it's so much bigger than us it's like little ants you know it's like we're the ants down here scurrying around worrying about all the little everyday things we do well above us too big for us to even see there are huge corporations that aren't even being taxed properly um Doing, making decisions and doing all these things and being allowed to get away with it because of the way our government works. And so that is kind of the point of Extinction Rebellion, that you aren't supposed to feel personally guilty. That it's completely non-judgmental. So mm-hmm. you might see somebody um, as part of the rebellion sitting there and eating a pressed sandwich and journalists and people who disagree with the movement will go, yeah, see, look yeah, at them yeah. eating that. Holier you know, than thou. And, yeah, and they probably drove here in their like, fancy car and they do things like uh, newspaper articles on how much their houses are worth, like the big people in Extinction Rebellion. It's like, actually, that's got absolutely nothing to do with it. It's about bigger than personal choice it's not about blaming anybody or shaming anybody it's about going we want alternatives that are bigger than us on an individual level um and so i've yeah reading go on well i was going to say i think part of what's what i maybe it's that i'm maybe i'm jaded in that Mm. i don't i deep down I don't believe that it will lead to change. Yeah. So that's that's just mm-hmm. a you know, at the moment, from what I see, it to me looks like the the hot topic that will do this. But I don't see. But I guess because what what because what's being asked for is um, large scale sweeping legislation and and whatever else. Mm-hmm. What I don't see is long term lifestyle change. And that my, I guess my thought would be that if you, let's say you um, completely rid the UK of uh, single-use plastics, and we do yeah. this, and we overnight we do this thing, um, but you haven't you haven't looked at the whole system. We haven't looked at like the need for it or the. Um, and I know that part of it is that you know you put legislation twenty years ahead so that companies have got time to ramp up and all this stuff. But I think what I would imagine, and again it could be jaded, is that you'll have this big movement. Everybody will um, go and do their thing and mm. champion the champions and and all this stuff. And then, in if it's just legislation, legislation can be undone by the next government. Or by mm-hmm. successive governments, but a lifestyle change where a country or people move and make different decisions, and that's where I think, I think we do more good, slowly championing this grassroots forest school, nature connection, get outside and actually. But why not both? Because I kind of feel like as well. I feel sort of like a person in the same way that you're saying things you know you've got to think about the future and legislation can be undone and all the rest of it so i feel personally a little bit of like well if you believe in this cause which i do i kind of feel like i've got a bit of a duty in my professional and personal life to go and join in in whatever way i can because i am showing 
both my own children and those children and families that um, that we work with, that mm. it's important. Do you know what I mean? So it's a, it's like here is a thing I can do, and I think I think a lot of the protesters are getting a uh, a bad name in that way that they're going, oh, you just want to feel that like, oh, here I am, I'm like marching along, yeah. and you just feel all great and worthy, and actually, like you're making, maybe that's no, there's no lasting change as a result of what you're doing. Um, but in another way, I kind of feel like that almost doesn't matter. You are sh- you're you're like a kind of flag um, showing people of the future and people now that it is important and it is a thing that people really care about. And there's stuff been written on both sides about whether or not activism does create change. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's um, read an article in the New Yorker about um, how uh, activism recently hasn't led to much change at all, but has it meant to so the kind of female march um in america the anti-trump stuff and and here uh, the Mm. women's marches that wasn't really necessarily demanding change it was more about awareness and therefore it is going to change people's behavior on an individual level because the awareness is spreading see what i mean so the more coverage extinction rebellion get um maybe that will make no change in the government but maybe it will make people who've never thought about making small changes make them go oh what is that what is that what are those weird people dressed in red with the white faces like what, what actually is that oh right okay well they look a bit mad but yeah maybe i could do something do you see what i mean mm. so it's like a flag waving in the wind and just going we all kind of care about it but um and there's that figure about 3.5 percent of the population yeah, yeah, being yeah. involved in activism that's the tipping, will, point, that's the tipping point and there it's quite interesting they're talking about um the rights no, movement but, and stuff and stuff in, historically seemed to be far more effective in terms of bringing about legislative change and uh, the New York article was asking about why that was and they were talking about it being far better planned, mm-hmm. it having a core crew of very wise people running mm-hmm. the show um, and going, and so apparently Rosa Parks wasn't the first woman to um, uh, do the thing on the bus no. there was a teenager yeah. who did it like several months before but they were like, mm, she's not the right poster girl for this campaign, she can't stand up to media scrutiny, she can't she's not the right person yeah, yeah, yeah. so we're going to let this one slide we're not even going to talk about it so yeah she did it but we're not going to do press releases and photographs right. and marches and rallies we're going to wait for the right person to come along Rosa Parks comes along they're like yes she's the face of this campaign now we're going to go for it and it was much more kind of coordinated mm. um, and I'm not necessarily saying that Extinction Rebellion isn't but it is very uh, sort of dem- it's democratic and they're looking for people to take on certain roles but it is uh, a democratic movement of people rather than a little core crew of like five people who are experts in various fields um, and that you know this article is making the point that that's why it used to be effective and it isn't so much anymore there's a really uh, vicious article written by uh, Brendan O'Neill so if you support Extinction Rebellion and you want to feel a bit angry you can find his uh, article online, it's called The Madness of Extinction Rebellion and he basically calls it an upper middle class death cult and we should ridicule it out of existence and it is there's like a grain of truth in there about mm. the talking heads that you often see yeah, in yeah. the news yeah. and you look at those people and you're like well these are he makes his point like oh they're asking people to take two weeks off work to come and support this rebellion and like who can afford to do that only wealthy people and they don't actually speak for all of us they speak for a minority and um you know there they all are chanting and talking about the end of days and he's saying it's yeah it's like a cult it's like a kind of religion um but extinction rebellion is asking for a lot of uh non-participatory support 
I think I might have made that word up there. No. But, um, you know, they, uh, a lot of the information that I've been seeing around them has been if you can't get down to London or to your nearest centre, this is how you can help financially, mm-hmm. this is what you can yep. send, you can put this stuff up. Yeah. Um, and I get, yeah, I'm, I just, um, would you, I guess it's kind of, if we, if there was one nearby, which, which there was, if there was another one nearby, I guess it's, maybe I'm loath to say what other people should be doing. Mm. And when you talk about, from a personal perspective, personally going and doing those things like Mm. personally I'm going to go and tie myself to the bridge Mm. there's no um, implication that anyone else should do it Mm. you know you're going I stand up for this I am the flag let's go and do this Um, but I think if you shift that onto a company doing it particularly a company or or an organisation an organisation like Forest School Mm. where we have an element of um, faith put on us mm. by the parents and by the community that we, mm. not that we run, but mm. we orchestrate the mm. community, don't we? Yeah. And so in, in going, in saying like children of the forest is going mm. to whatever demonstration, I would worry that that is a, a step further than I would want it to be in terms of saying that, you know, the whole the whole toddler group should be there because that's mm. why we're doing it today mm. and like you know it's a bit um if you think if i think of it as like a tribe and a village and and mm. we're orchestrating it it's a very different role to saying the tribe is going to this thing based on a decision that we don't you know you and i make this decision mm. but we don't necessarily put it out to all of the parents in the in the in the community and say Hey, all of the parents, the toddler groups, and Saturday groups, and all the festivals. What do we think? Are children of the forest going? You know, we're not doing it de- democratically, mm. Mm. and that's where I feel like I'm absolutely up for people doing things mm-hmm. per- personally. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like we, as forest school leaders, are leading a community, and mm. perhaps that that our community is better served either by saying, you know, sort of saying this is on. If it is of interest to you, mm-hmm. it ties to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but saying uh, the tribe is not necessarily mm-hmm. packing up and moving. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I guess that's my, that's, I mean, that's kind of clarified for me as I was talking. Yeah. The difference between personally doing yeah. something and professionally it's, doing um, something. It's but, about bringing politics into your, um, you know, you're in a powerful role either as a teacher or a forest school leader, aren't you? About, yeah. um, kind of influencing people and and all the rest of it and you there's a certain amount of kind of yeah responsibility with that and there's endless discussions about teachers and uh bringing politics into the classroom and uh frequently teachers are accused of being real lefty socialist you know brainwashing and 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 stuff about um sexuality as well you know the kind of promotion of homosexuality through talking about gay relationships and you know thankfully times are changing on that um but it's a really weird grey area because you don't really... I, I certainly didn't get any stuff on that in my teacher training. Um, in safeguarding, yeah, yeah. obviously, it comes up in terms of, like, extremist views, isn't it? In terms of um, if you're looking for your staff and doing their DBS and checking for, like, yeah, extremist views. Mm-hmm. And they include everything from, you know... Animal rights activism yeah. is in there. Yeah. 
Um, and it's interesting to see the future of that with Extinction Rebellion. So part of their, they've got an amazing website with lots of information about like, um, what are you prepared to do? If you are prepared to get arrested, here's what might happen. What are the implications of being arrested? Mm-hmm. And so there are implications obviously in your DBS checks, you work yep. with children, um, and but there's no hard and fast rule about that. There's no, it's going to be up to your employer. They might give you the opportunity to explain the um, circumstances surrounding your arrest and they might yeah. go, okay, yeah, absolutely fair enough. That's nothing to do with... It might even be children. a plus. Yeah. You know. um, but there may be some organisations that might go, nope, you have a criminal record, you are not working with yeah. us anymore. Um, so that's, there's that to factor in as well if you are thinking of going and like seriously gluing yourself to something or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's nothing in your teacher training that says you shouldn't you should remain neutral, you shouldn't talk about your political beliefs, you shouldn't try oh, to... Oh, I had some. I don't think I had anything. And obviously you make that judgment call, so... Um, when I was teaching and it was and Brexit the Brexit referendum was happening um, we what I wanted to talk about it because I kind of feel like you've got a duty as, as your role so it was my, with my tutor group mm-hmm. um, to talk about politics and yeah. to discuss it and to try and do that in as neutral a way as possible um, but can you ever do that can you ever be truly neutral the tone of your voice as you're discussing certain well, people well just the fact that ideas. you are the teacher yeah. it puts you in a different yeah. in a different place completely and I um uh, one of the things that happened to me when I was teaching was I was told I wasn't allowed to tell any of the children at the school that I was vegan because it was deemed that that you know that 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 was like an abuse of uh, That's my so weird, isn't you it? know it just that just that they went look you are in a you're in a role model position yeah. let's say and anything you say will be taken as not perhaps gospel but more oh, highly credible than whatever so else weird but um, I guess one of the things that's also true is um, perhaps it's me being uh, um, what's the word not selfish perhaps I'm being like reserved and um, sort of safeguarding a little bit mm. in in that my worry with big public things like this like the um, the student marches mm-hmm. so I went personally on the student marches against what when uh it was the the i can't remember it now was it the Lib- war in iraq it? no no it was the tuition fees oh, okay, the, 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 uh, okay the, yeah, that yeah. one yeah um when what's his name from pink floyd his kid threw stuff yeah. off a building and and that that's maybe not, not twinged it but like i'm my experience was that there was this very positive thing of we're all going to go and we're all going to say look we can't mm. afford this mm. And because of some outliers in that group, mm. the whole movement gets branded with... Mm. So like you were saying, that the, the girl on the bus couldn't mm. stand up to scrutiny. Mm. And I guess it's like, if you go personally and the movement is tarnished in some way, mm. let's, you know, mm. there's a paedophile ring, there's a mm. you know court case, someone's been sexually harassing, whatever it is, that tarnishes that brush. Mm. If you personally put yourself in it, people are I think a lot more forgiving of then saying you know oh right yeah 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 I was part of that and then it kind of it wasn't a thing you know if you if you go oh well, yeah I did go with let's I'm not assuming it's coming mm. to Extinction Rebellion but let's say oh you went to some Extinction Rebellion marches mm-hmm. and then in in a couple of weeks time it comes out that some of the head people are mm. horrendous racists mm. whatever and then you go oh yeah I've kind of stepped away from that mm. because of what I found out. Mm. But I think that is harder to do for a company or a community mm-hmm. because 
it's almost like this mm. the paper trail for companies and for communities mm. is a lot more set in stone of like oh really you you told everybody you know mm. we told everybody mm. to go and do that thing and then they mm. turned out to me not oh my mm. goodness mm. whereas doing you know doing small that's the scale same nature, with, that's the same I, with I, any I courses it that's a, that's a, and you make a good point and it reminds me of my um shoebox war do you remember that yes i do so do you want to tell that story i will i maybe i've told it before um, but uh, our local school was sending the shoeboxes to the poor children, um, but they were doing it through the uh, the company called Samaritan's Purse, uh, which if you do a bit of research, is based in America and are a very right-wing, fundamental Christian um, organisation, homophobic, racist, etc., and um, are using it sort of a bit like a missionary project to um, send shoeboxes uh, mainly to... Uh, Islamic countries and hand over the shoebox with a leaflet about God and Jesus and you know you've accepted this gift now child here's the word of Jesus um so this is what I've read apologies if you support this organization um do a bit of reading and uh, there's some stuff on the humanist website about it there are other shoebox schemes that aren't run by uh right-wing fundamentalist Christians Tangent over. um and so <laughs> I pointed out to the school this information and that my family wouldn't be supporting this and would they be doing any other charities and oh my goodness like the stink that was caused it was it just really upset a lot of people because they weren't aware of it the school had been like really shouting from the rooftops about this organization and this scheme for many years and then it just obviously really upset a lot mm. of people um and I sort of go oh, I really don't mean to upset people but here's the reading here are the articles this is how i found out about it and here's some alternatives like here's a christian or yep. here's an organization that is also christian if you want to um it's church of england school they you know they chose to support mm-hmm. a christian charity that's fine here is a christian charity that does it in a fairer kinder uh nicer way um but the school have been putting their name to that mm. to the charity and they did end up stopping doing it even though they kind of took down my comments and you know basically right. uh shamed me but um but they did stop doing it um yeah, but that must have kind so of that, hurt. So that yeah. is a thing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and and whereas I feel much more comfortable sticking my flag in in what we do mm. and going, I know this because I, because there's traceability to what mm. you know. I mean, there's traceability. I know what I mm. do personally yep. and what we do here and whatever. I've got a reasonable idea of what goes <laughs> on when you're not here, but. Do, do you know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah. I feel much safer. Oh, then with, they found out that Gemma with, was actually oh, accountable. Yeah. In her own But home. we won't. We'll cut this bit out. She so was no sacrificing one people, and uh, yeah. Um. Uh, I've but kind you know, of. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, that I that, do, that I kind do. of. I feel safer doing. Yeah. And maybe that's cow. Cowardice is the word. Maybe yeah. maybe it's cowardice on my part to say I would rather do a slowly slowly catchy monkey yeah. you know we're going to connect with, connect children and families we'll all be with dead nature by then, mate. we'll all be dead by then innit slowly slowly <sighs> catchy monkey that's what Boris Johnson would say although anyway. I did hear someone else uh, so a counter argument and I'm not saying whether I agree mm. with this or not but there was a journalist uh, I can't remember where now um, who was saying that the most of the people in the Extinction Rebellion movement are under 20 under 18, 21? Oh, let's is say, that true? At the point when he was doing this journalism, right, maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, but he was saying that is a generation who have been told their whole life 
that the environment that the environment is a is about to collapse mm. and he said the worry is that they've learned to be- I'm not saying I agree with yeah, it yeah. but he said the worry is that they believe it mm. whereas older generations might have had the same or similar messages but have gone oh right you know mm. they said that in the 60s they said it in the 70s so, and mm. he was saying this is just the next movement of people but I disagree I do think climate change needs some action yeah you know pretty sharp something that's exciting about just activism in general at the moment um is the involvement of young people and that i just find so exciting i kind of find you know the whole greta thunberg being the, the kind of figurehead of this movement um and being who she is i find so inspiring and really kind of um hopeful for the future and the reason i decided to get a bit more involved in it and i'm not very involved in it by any means but um you know the tattoo says otherwise (laughs) (laughs) um is because if you start really reading about it and you read the science you can end up in this absolute hole of despair and that even if it is just a thing to make you feel better even if it isn't going to have an outcome which is in, in any way brings about change i still kind of think it's worth doing and they um extinction rebellion locally will have small group meetings just so that families and people with these same worries these same thoughts can be in a safe space together to talk and they'll do lots of like family activities and stuff for kids so the adults can like meet like-minded people mm-hmm. who aren't going to go oh you absolute freak what you want about death cult um and so um I can't, yeah, at least you feel like you're doing something and it makes you feel better. And I kind of feel like that is enough of a reason um, and to raise awareness of it. And the fact that so many children were leading the March in Exeter that I went mm-hmm. on and they had the megaphones and they were chanting and they were, they were leading the chants and the adults were responding. And there's an older woman there with a placard saying, Granny's Care too. And it was that really interesting. I was sort of thinking, well, if they're doing this about this issue and have that confidence and that voice now while they're this age what are they going to be like as a generation when they are the people in political power um and i just found that really exciting because when i was a kid i don't know about you but i I didn't feel like i had any power at any point no the most power you had was like writing into blue peter and maybe your letter would get read out yeah that was it jimmy savile jim will fix it Oh, there you go. Well, that's an uncontroversial <laughs> way to end it. What we're saying is, oh, Extinction Rebellion is this generation's Jimmy Savile. <laughs> Done! Uh, bye! <laughs> I do actually have to go now, so that is actually bye. Oh, hang on, hang on. Um, what did we need to say? We needed to say something. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, there's a Facebook group for the podcast. Um, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Have you protested? Do you not? If you don't, why not? Uh, are you an activist what's happened have you been arrested tell us that story I yeah, want to know um, so yeah join the and you conversation are go- you are going aren't you going tomorrow I'm going to check it out um, you're going to London I'm going to the London so um, yeah I will update with what it was like in it and the next episode I'll talk about it yeah brilliant bye. say bye now bye bye if you're in the UK and you want to come down to Children of the Forest in person and do a little bit of training with us, we've got a load of dates on all the way through this next academic year. If you go to our Facebook page or our website, you'll be able to see all the dates and the titles of the courses and make sure you've got your ticket as soon as possible. They're all small groups so that we can do as much personalised learning as possible. In March, we've got a course on storytelling, music and drama. In April, a course in general outdoor learning involving a level one in forest school qualification. In May, we've got an outdoor cooking course. And in June, we've got an introduction to whittling. 
And if you feel like going for the big fish and you want to start your own forest school or become a qualified leader, in April this year, we're starting our level three training courses. So you can come down to Children's Forest for a whole week and spend some time with me and Gemma and learn how to run our very own forest school. So to find out all the dates and to get booked into those courses, go either to our Facebook page or to our website, which is childrenoftheforest.com.